Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. Today we're going to continue our study of Psalm 23 and specifically contentment as we're going and looking at that. And yesterday we went just a little bit long, so today I'm going to really try to keep it uh, to a little bit shorter than what it was yesterday. But if I don't keep it to that little bit shorter... Well, I'm really not that sorry. So uh, hopefully, though, we keep it to a reasonable amount of time. But let's go ahead and let's read our text in Psalm chapter 23. We'll be focusing in on verse 3 today, but let me read the whole chapter. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23 verse 3 is what we're going to be focusing in on today, and it says this, He restores my soul, he leads me in the paths of righteousness, for his name's sake. Now, I do want to just remind you before we jump into this, that what this uh, chapter starts with here, the Lord is my shepherd. That is the main noun here and, or excuse me, main verb. And everything is pointing back to that phrase. The Lord is my shepherd. God must be your shepherd if you are going to find contentment. But the first thing they want us to see this morning is that to be content, we need God's restoration. We need God's restoration. He restores my soul. Now, what does this mean? What does this restores my soul mean? Well, this is what the word means. This is the definition of the word. To turn back, to restore in the idea is to turn our inner man or our soul into what it was originally intended to be. And of course, this restoration is part of God's shepherding in our life. Now, remember once again here that God is our shepherd. He is our shepherd. If you're following him and if you know him as your savior anyway, then he's your shepherd. And remember once again that shepherd is the main verb in the Hebrew. And so most of this chapter points back to it. And that includes he restores my soul. He restores my soul. It's part of his shepherding. Now, that definition of restore, it really has another word that I would say that should be really associated with it. And that is the word repent. And correction. And we think about that when it comes to shepherding. It makes sense because what does a shepherd do? Well, he keeps the sheep on in the right path, making sure that they're going the right way and is leading. If they start to get get over and start to deviate from the path, he might go and use his rod and just kind of bring them back in or, or, or the crook and bring them back in. Correct the path that they're going down. And, and this is something that is incredibly important to remember, this whole idea of turning our inner man or our soul into what it was originally intended to be. And that means that we're repenting from the sin that came in and corrupted and has corrupted from what was the original intent, because that original intent of course, is righteousness. Now, of course, when it comes to this idea of repentance, it starts with that idea of salvation. 
Uh, there, there is no salvation outside of repentance, because when we go and we believe in Jesus Christ, that means that we are repenting from our unbelief in Jesus Christ, because unbelief is a sin there. But it continues on, and it goes, and as we're made into a new creation, we go and we continually repent as God goes and he points out other things in our life that we need to go into change from. And of course, we call that process sanctification. And so that restoring process, it has to do both with justification, the idea of the point of salvation, but then also with sanctification as we go and we continue each moment to become more and more like Christ as we repent and turn from our sins. And he restores us to what we ought to be as we move towards Christ. But restoration is key to contentment, and also we could say repentance, therefore, is key to contentment. No repentance means no contentment because there is no contentment in sin. There is no contentment in sin. You see, sin is kind of like one of my my favorite treats and that is cotton candy. I love cotton candy, but I have a problem when it comes to cotton candy. You see, when it comes to cotton candy, I get a whole bag, right? And I can't just eat a little bit of that cotton candy because it just tastes so sweet to my mouth. I just have to keep eating. And pretty soon I've eaten the entire bag of cotton candy. And I've learned time and time again, unfortunately, that what that ends up doing is gives me a, an, an upset stomach. That, that's what ends up happening after you eat so much cotton candy. But, but sin is like cotton candy. It tastes sweet, but it leaves you with a stomach ache. It leaves you with bitterness to your stomach. There is no contentment with sin. Cotton candy would never satisfy you and in going in sustaining you in life, and neither does sin. It might have a passing pleasure that starts off and it tastes sweet right away, but it ends up leaving in just complete bitterness and destruction in your life. And that's why repentance is necessary for contentment. If you're struggling with contentment today, I, I want to just ask you, when was the last time you, you went before God and you repented of sin. And I know that sounds like a, a strange thing to ask, but if you're continuing in the path of sin in your life, if you're not taking inventory of your life, well, I can tell you one thing for sure. You're going to be ending up in sin if you're not doing those things, and you're going to be in discontentment because sin never satisfies. Sin never satisfies. He restores my soul. He brings repentance and sanctification into your life. The second thing that I want us to see this morning is that to be content, we need God's leading. Now, we've been talking a lot about God's leading. Remember, that's because the main verb here in this chapter is God's shepherding. Now, we're, we're, we're about to get into, I believe this is the last time that we're really going to really focus in on God's leading uh, in this series, but it, it is an important one to go and to look at and to remember. Um, we only become content when we follow God. 
God's leading is a big part of our contentment. And I just want to read a passage uh, from Haggai here in, in uh, chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. And it's it's a passage that I'm going to bring back up at the end here of this devotional. But it's one that I really want you to think about because it starts off and it, it talks about considering your ways. And it says, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and you bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring the wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. Now, we can see that there's a whole lot of discontentment that's going on here in Haggai for the people of Israel as they're going and they're, they're saying, look, uh, that you know, they're, they're eating, but they're still hungry. They're, they're putting clothes on, but they're still freezing. They're, they're going and they're putting their money into their purse, but they just don't have any money. They're not able to save any money. That is discontentment right? Their, their, their substance isn't, isn't lasting. What they have, these physical things, it's not doing it for them. Well, this is an important thing to go and to understand when you're not following God's leading, and they weren't following God's leading. God wanted them to go and to build the temple, and that's why Haggai was sent, and then Zechariah was sent to go and to call, tell them to repent, and Haggai said, consider your ways, and then they finished building the temple once they considered their ways and they repented of their sin. But they weren't following God's specific leading in their life. Yesterday, we saw how God leads us to rest and he only leads us to green pasture and be, only leads us beside still waters. But today, we're going to see that God only leads us to what is right. Now, once again, here in the English... When we go and we look at this verse, verse 3, it says, He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. We, we read it this way. Paths would be the noun and righteousness would be the adverb, the, or excuse me, the adjective that would be describing the noun here. But in the Hebrew, we see here it's different. Paths is a noun, but it's in the construct state. And this means that it's dependent upon another noun. And that other noun that it's dependent upon is of righteousness. That's the main noun. And this means that God only will lead you to what is right. The only path that God has is a righteous path. It's not simply that the path that he has is righteous. It's that he only has righteous paths for your life. If it's not leading in righteousness, it's not God's leading. That's the reality of it. And what is this righteousness that we're talking about here? This is the is morally right, and of course it's morally right by and defined by God. It's uh, it's so important to understand this because in today's culture, you've got a lot of people who are right in their own eyes, but you need to understand that God's morality is not defined by your feelings. It's not defined by the culture or what seems best to you in the moment but rather it's defined by God's character. Who he is, that is what is right. God is leading you in who he is, in his righteousness. You can know for sure that God never leads you to sin. 
in your pursuit of following God, rest assured, he will never lead you to sin. In fact, if you find sin is your next step, you can know that you're not following God, but rather you're following yourself or a leader that is being used by Satan or even Satan himself. That, that's, that, that's who you'd be following. Now, this doesn't mean that your life won't ever be difficult, but it does mean that God's path is not through sin and it's not to sin. And you also need to remember this, sin never leads to contentment. It never leads to contentment. And this is a hard lesson to learn, especially when you're struggling with contentment in your life, because you look out and you see people who they might seem to be happy in that moment. And they might seem to have what you don't have, but they might have gotten it through sin. You might start to think to yourself, should I sin? Should I compromise? Should I let my standard down? But let me tell you, no, you shouldn't. You should uphold God's standard. You should wait for God's timing. Remember, he leads at a convenient speed, and it's not your speed. It's his speed. And of course, you should not go into sin because that sin is passing pleasure. It's not true contentment. They might seem happy in the moment, but that happiness won't last. It will dry up. It'll be taken from them, and their life will fall apart and be miserable if they're not restored, if they don't repent of their sin. See, but it's not just that God leads us only in paths of righteousness or only in righteous paths, but it's also that God intends to keep us in the right. See this word paths, it doesn't just mean like a road. And I, this is something that I found very interesting while studying Psalm 23. It means encampment. See, this touches on rest just a little bit because when you go to a, a campsite, you know, you're, you're going to go and rest from your travels and, and, and that idea. But even more so, it speaks to the fact that God intends for you to dwell in righteousness. Not just to be on a path that leads to righteousness, but it's literally that when you're on the path that God is leading, you're encamped by righteousness. You are in righteousness. See, it's not that God is leading you to a destination of righteousness. It's that to be following God, to be in his will, it means that you're in the center of righteousness, not on the fringe of it, but that you're trying to be dead center in his will, doing what? is right. That's the path of God, that you're safeguarding from sin. You're not trying to see how close you can wiggle your way to sin, but that you're staying as far away from sin as you can be. You're centered upon God. You're looking towards Jesus Christ. You're not just on a path that leads to righteousness, but you're on the path that is righteous. You're staying righteous. You're doing what you're supposed to do. And that brings true contentment. That really does bring contentment when you're finding simple obedience in God. If you're struggling with contentment today, don't just go and, and repent of your sin. That's, that's important. That's the first thing we looked at this morning, to, to be restored through repentance. But the second thing is here, if you're really wanting uh, to find contentment today, 
find simple places to obey. Find simple obedience in God. Go and look and say, Lord, am I doing the simple things right? The things that I know you want me to do. Are you doing them? How's your devotional life? How's your prayer life? How's your church attendance? How's your encouragement towards the believers around you? Are you serving in your local church? If you're not doing these things, you're going to have a tough time finding contentment in life because you'll be walking outside of the path of righteousness. The third thing and final thing they want us to see here this morning is to be content, we need God's purpose. We need God's purpose. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. For what? For his name's sake. It's for the sake of his name. That's why he leads us in the paths of righteousness. That's why he restores our soul. It's really not for you. It's really not for me, but it's for the sake of his name that he goes and he does this. And to truly be content, we need God's purpose. Remember that passage in Haggai chapter 1, verse 8 says this, Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. See, it's for his pleasure. It's not for your pleasure. Your contentment ultimately isn't even for you but it is for God to be glorified because we don't deserve to be content. But when we rest in who God is, others see that and they, they, they see that it is God who has worked in your life. That's when you can truly see contentment. And that's when you truly find contentment is not when you're building yourself up, not when you're going and doing things for selfish reasons, but when you're pointing people to Jesus Christ. When you're lifting him up and you're saying, look at what he did in my life. He's the restorer. He's the one who leads me to green pastures. He's the one who leads me beside still waters. He's the one who gives me rest. He's the one who leads me in this path of righteousness and encamps me with, in, with righteousness. Look at Jesus Christ and what he has done in my life. Even in the midst of of the most difficult circumstance in your life, you still have the choice of are you going to lift up Jesus Christ or are you going to lift up your own self-pity? If you want to find contentment today, put down your self-pity, grab Jesus Christ, and lift him up. Remember, to be content, you need God's restoration. You need repentance in your life. To be content, you need God's leading, and he only leads in righteous paths, and he encompasses you with righteousness. Find simple obedience. And the third thing is, is to be content today. You need God's purpose. You need to live your life for the sake of his name. Well, thank you for listening today, and remember Joshua 1, 8, 9, as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And while we trust in Jesus, sometimes he leaves us waiting for his hand to move. 
promise we hold to the promise there's nothing we can't overcome so that we'll